Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Teresa Arago. If there's one thing I know, it's that the journey to financial independence can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. So get ready, because I'm breaking down what you don't know about money to help you find the next steps on your journey, today on Talking Sense. Man, it feels good to be a deadbeat. Or not in the traditional sense of the word, but bear with me here. In the credit card industry, they call you a deadbeat if you pay your full balance in time every month, if you don't carry a balance, and if you don't pay interest. So in that context, I would agree that it's great to be a deadbeat. Yeah. When I first saw the topic uh, for today's (laughs) podcast, I was kind of looking like, deadbeat? What do we mean? Because of my friend group, I am the vocal one against deadbeats. Right. In the the traditional, yes. The traditional (laughs) sense of the word, obviously being a deadbeat is a bad thing. Um, And those of us who have had some in our past can appreciate (laughs) that that word may have some negative connotations. But we're going to talk about, in the sense of what I mentioned before, when it comes to credit card debt, being labeled a deadbeat by the industry. Yes. And in Um, that sense, I am a deadbeat and proud of it. Yes, yes. And I would say when you're looking at growing towards financial independence, becoming a deadbeat is a big part of your progress towards that. So we're going to talk about why being a deadbeat in that sense is a good thing. The first thing we're going to talk about, though, is something that a lot of people like to just kind of bury their head in the sand about, and it's how costly credit can be. Mm. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I was like, this item is on sale. I don't really have the money for it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna put it on this card because I get a special rate, Mm -hmm. a special rate for six months and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna pay it off. It's not gonna be a big deal. Or I've got my tax return coming, so I'll pay it off then. And then you don't. Or you're at that store and they're Mm -hmm. like, hey, if you apply for this credit card, you get 20% off today. Yes. And it can be really hard to pass up. And you think, okay, well, I'm gonna get paid, you know, during this next couple of weeks on mm-hmm. this date and I'll just pay it then. But then other things come up or and it can me, snowball. Store credit is dangerous. It's oh. not visible. Yeah. So I have done that before. I was buying a bunch of sports equipment for my kids a few years ago and it was like 15% off, which at this time, four kids playing soccer, getting cleats and shin guards and all that kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. Cause they all had of course grown out at the same time. Mm-hmm. It made sense to save 15%. And then I forgot about it. Uh, and then I paid $35 for a late fee and interest oh, because I yes. forgot about it. I paid more in fees than yes. I would have if I'd just not taken the discount. But we've all been there, especially mm-hmm. when we're learning and we're, let's think about when uh, you first get out of college and you first get your job and mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're still broke, you know, yes. you're just starting out in life and it is really easy to use that credit card to get by. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, then you forget and you get that late bill mm-hmm. and then you start learning. Okay. This really does add up. Yeah. And I think, Carrying that balance, people don't realize the impact of interest. So we're going to go over that a little bit. This is the primary way that credit card companies make their money is through interest. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand how that works. But even before we get into that, the like basic rate based on we just looked this up the other day on a Forbes Advisors weekly credit card rates report. So there's this report they put out each week on kind of what's the average interest rate for a credit card. Mm -hmm. 28.05%. It's huge. More than 25% of your cost mm-hmm. is added back on as interest. That That is annual. So obviously that's not the monthly rate, but they take basically the interest rate that you have based on your average balance. It's not just your specific balance the day they calculate it. It's your average balance times the number of days out of the year that it accounts for. So that 
It's complicated, but it adds up quick. So if you think about the impact of that, especially if you carry a balance over several months, that Ugh. just snowballs because the, the interest for this month becomes part of that average balance for next month. That's right. And then people don't realize the time that mm -hmm. it takes to get those things paid down. Because if you're just paying the minimum, how long does that take? It depends on it. I, I have done debt analysis reports before where it was literally never going to get paid off if you just paid the minimum. Oh, it yes. used to be that credit card companies did not have to give you a payment that would actually pay it off in a certain period of time. The laws have changed some. Yeah. So other than student loan debt, they, they do have to have a certain amount of time that it's going to take. But the yeah. interest you pay, we're going to go through the math in a minute, but the interest that you pay is just ridiculous. Yeah. And I have noticed that when you mentioned that the laws had changed, you know, every now and then I'll look at my credit card uh, statement. And I like to use my credit card um, to protect from my what I call my real money. Mm -hmm. um, so credit cards are not bad in the uh, the sense that you should never have a credit card. I know there's some financial gurus out there that will say, you know, you shouldn't have a credit they card, you know. Not for anybody or any circumstance. Yeah. They and there's a place. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. Um, I like to um, uh, protect my real money. So like my checking account. So I mm -hmm. like to pay a lot of things like groceries and gas. And um, like if we're going to take the family out to eat, um, shopping and things like that, I like to use my credit card. But I have a balance that I will not go over every single month and I pay that every single month. Mm -hmm. But I love the uh, rewards that I get from my credit card too. I've actually used that to save money, if you can believe that, mm -hmm. you know? So I think the key here is, you know, yes, you could have a better credit score and it will help you with the amount of interest that you pay. Side note, we mentioned 28%. That's kind of the average. Mm -hmm. There are people paying as much as 30 right now mm -hmm. if you don't have as good of a credit score. But it adds up. So you want to make sure that that snowball is working in your favor and not working against you as you're working towards financial independence. So please remember credit can be costly. Mm -hmm. And let's really dig deep into what it means to be a deadbeat in this context. So understanding the way credit card companies work, you can appreciate why they may not like someone paying off their balance, right? Their interest, that's how they are making their money. And you might think, well, Teresa, the interest isn't that bad. So why does it matter? They've got to make their money somehow. That right? interest is that bad, though. It can. We're going to do some math here. So uh, I know you guys love numbers. We're going to do some math for you real quick. Let's pretend that you have what is the average credit card balance here in the United States, $5,900. I feel like that average is low. I do, too. I'm assuming probably more than one $5,900 balance exists on most people based on what I see from clients that I've met with. And that's exactly but what I was about to say. We're going to use that number. Mm -hmm. And the minimum payment usually is around 2% of your balance. Catch that. 2%. The average minimum payment on a credit card statement is 2% of your balance. Meanwhile, your interest rate is 28. Okay. So if you were paying 2% of that $5,900 per month, that would be about $118. Mm. And it would take you nine and a half years to pay it off. So wow. your $5,900 purchase would have cost you $7,661 in interest, totaling $13,561. So the interest is more than what the original um, purchase cost was. Yes. And that's assuming you didn't add to the, the balance. So if you're in a situation where you're adding to your credit, that's even greater. Right. So yes, your minimum balance would go up as far as your payment goes. But again, that total cost, it was more than double what you originally paid. So if you're out there and you're just paying the minimum, think about the impact of how long that's going to take you to pay it off. 
and what that's going to do to the total cost of the item you're considering buying before you put that item on credit. So what could we do with that interest payment instead? Let's flip it on its head. What if you paid off your debt, but you continued paying yourself a payment? So let's take that same $118 a month and invest it for nine and a half years. If you were able to earn somewhere between eight and 9%, then at the end of that nine and a half years, you'd have about $20,000 saved. Instead of having spent 13, you could have around 20,000. That's impactful. And I think for younger people, and I'm going to call myself younger, I'm going to put myself in that camp for a moment. Well, we're um, the same age, so I'm going to be in that <laughs> camp with you. For those of us who are trying to work towards our goals, yeah, $118 is not some insurmountable amount of money. Mm-hmm. If I have a goal that's about $20,000, yes, nine and a half years is a long time, but think about the impact if you did more. So it's not like this is a crazy number. Okay, now because we're financial advisors, here comes uh, anytime we talk about returns, we do have to remind you of a few things, you know, disclosures. So here I go. I'm going to read this off. This scenario is for illustrative purposes only. So this eight to nine percent interest or interest earned on something, right? All examples, hypothetical, not representative of any specific situation. So remember, your results will vary. The hypothetical rates of return used in this illustration do not reflect the deduction of fees and charges inherent to investing. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. So there's your disclosure for the day. But the bottom line is, even if you got 2%, 3%, 4%, when you're earning interest and that snowballing effect happens, that helps you grow your money. Mm-hmm. When you're paying someone else, you're helping them grow their income. I would just encourage you to consider that maybe you want to be putting money towards yourself instead of paying someone else. Um, but don't be a deadbeat downer. As we mentioned before, there are some financial gurus out there that say, oh, all debt is horrible. It's just the worst thing ever. We're not in that camp. As we've mentioned before, it's really not about having debt in general. There are some perks to having a credit card. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, safety. If I'm going to order something online, mm-hmm. I do not use my debit card. I've had my debit card number stolen exactly. before. I if have I'm to. ordering over the phone, I don't use my debit card. Mm-hmm. I will only use my debit card when I can swipe in person and I'm controlling the swipe. Yes. Personally. And you've inspected it too because, you know, they have those little devices and mm-hmm. they can kind of sneak in there. And so I think that's what's always um, made me worried about using my debit card. I mm-hmm. haven't swiped my debit card in so long because I, I switched to credit card because mm-hmm. they just have that extra layer of safety. Yes. You know? And it's, uh, you know, if you have fraud on your personal bank account, it is cumbersome to get it corrected. Yes. But here's the key. You've got to make sure that you know yourself, because if you know that you're not going to have a good habit of paying it off on time in full every single month, mm-hmm. then it may not be the best plan to use credit at all. Not all rules apply to everybody. Here are some keys to managing that well, okay, to be a good steward of your money. First thing you've got to do is set some rules, set some boundaries for yourself and stick to them. We've talked about some of them. I joked, Mm -hmm. uh, you've not heard this one probably, but in the past during COVID, I may or may not have developed a little bit of an Amazon problem. (laughs) And so what I had to do for a while was create some boundaries for myself. First Mm -hmm. one was I can put it in the cart, but I can't buy it for two days. Oh. Second one, I had to remove all my credit cards. So I had to manually put it in every single time. Uh-huh. Just the, the That's fact very that I had to get smart. up and go get my purse yeah. kept me from a lot of those mistakes that I was making. That's funny. Going like, you know, 10 feet to go get your purse is the deterrent. The deterrent. That's it, funny. It works more often than you would realize with me. Because yeah. by the time I actually sit, I'm done. I'm yeah. done moving. <laughs> um, so set some boundaries to help yourself know where you need to be. Okay. 
some people will say, like you mentioned, I only use it for groceries, gas, my everyday purchases. Mm -hmm. I don't just go buy something that I could not swipe my debit card for in the same moment. Exactly. If you're only spending what's already budgeted, then you're using that credit card in a way that is healthy. Mm -hmm. The key is when you go outside of those boundaries, that, that's where it kind of falls apart. Is yeah. When you say, I want it now. I don't have the money. And I don't have the patience to wait and save for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing um, that you can do, and this is something that would be tremendously helpful to me, is set a reminder for a few days before the due date, like in your phone or in whatever you use to manage your calendar, to go pay it. Mm -hmm. I've never not paid a bill because I didn't have the money. I've always been careful about how much I put on it, but I have missed the payment date a few times. Sure. I mean, we're happens. all human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we've, that's happened to all of us. Mm -hmm. And then if you're really struggling, getting accountability. I mean, mm -hmm. that kind of helps with every part of my life. Having somebody who holds me accountable helps me just stay on track and remember my why. Yeah. Could be your parent, could be your spouse. It may be your, uh, maybe not your advisor. Maybe sometimes that could come into play when we, but you know, we obviously can't approve every single purchase and, yes. uh, and all that. But um, having somebody that you trust is really the most important thing there. Have somebody you trust to be accountable to. You don't want to talk about money with anybody, mm -hmm. you know. And if you're in you a relationship, trust. that can be your partner as long as you guys are willing to have open, honest communication yeah. about it. I think in our family, we have a rule that purchases over a certain dollar amount have to be discussed. Yeah. That's and good. the dollar yeah. amount's probably lower than most people would expect. For us, it's anything over a hundred dollars because we already have six kids and a yeah. lot of travel expense thanks to their sports. So this time of year, especially, if we're gonna spend more than, you know, fifty bucks even, we check with each other first. Yeah. Like what's coming up, what do I need to be aware of? Because the bank balance is not always what you think it is if you've got things coming up. That's fantastic. And I think having a system, you mm -hmm. know, uh, as far as our household goes. I see everything in one program. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if I need to mention a program here. You know, I'm not advertising or representing a company here, but I do use a program that I can see all of my uh, checking, savings, investing, but also my credit card. So I'm keeping an eye on everything mm -hmm. pretty daily. That's smart because if it's, again, a lot of times what happens that helps it get out of balance is that lack of visibility. I'm yes. not seeing the balance build. I don't realize when you swipe, there, there's a psychological difference between swiping and paying cash mm -hmm. in general. And so it's easy to overspend if you're not watching it. Yeah. So I think that's some great advice to do something to consolidate your kind of platform to consolidate where you can see all of that so that yes. you can track it a little bit easier. And it makes that conversation easier. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know that I've sat down with uh, my spouse before and, and we're talking about numbers, but we're just talking about them and we can't mm -hmm. see them. And so stuff gets lost in translation that way. Mm -hmm. And so having it in one area where we can see it, pull it up and then we get to talk about it. We go straight into it and you can see the hard numbers right there. And especially if you have a detail oriented spouse, that could be really helpful where it's like, no, here's the specific numbers. Sure. So it's time for our two cents today. I'm going to let you go first, Candice. This is just the point where we say, okay, here's the bottom line of what I want you to remember from today's episode. Yeah, I think that my two cents would be that there's not one size fits all mm -hmm. and that you uh, everybody's wired differently and you need to find the process that works for you. Absolutely. And for me, I would say credit cards are just tricky. So it's important that you take some time to know yourself and understand that society is going to tell you that debt is necessary. It's no big deal. But when you're on your financial independence journey, it can either be a tool that you use or it can be something that absolutely derails you. So just know yourself and make choices that are a good fit for you. Like you said, no one size fits all. Make sure it's a good fit for you and your family. 
Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Candace, for being here with me today on thank Talking Sense. Thank you for Sense. having me. And thank you guys for joining us. We look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Gym Loft team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or by calling our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and Gemwell Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.